People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. Fine Music Radio and Rodney Trudgeon inviting you to this week's edition of People of Note. Now, before I introduce you to my guests, let me tell you that the 2020 Baxburg Picnic Concert Series is about to begin. They've just entered a new decade with a fantastic band lineup for their annual Picnic Concert Series. Since its inception in 2008, the outdoor events have grown in popularity. They've become very much a staple of the region's outdoor entertainment calendar. The wine farmer itself is over 100 years old, and it's one of the Western Cape's most beautiful estates with a glorious outdoor setting. Now, one of the acts is one of South Africa's best-known singers, Arno Carstens, who's performing on the 1st of March. And Arno is, I dare say you know, is an award-winning singer, songwriter, and fine artist based in Cape Town. And during his career, you remember, as the lead singer of the Springbok Nude Girls, and subsequently as a solo artist... He's released multiple albums in both English and Afrikaans, a string of successful singles, including Best Rock Album Awards, Best Alternative Album, Song of the Year, and he's headlined every major South African music festival, and it's a great pleasure to introduce you to Arno, Arno Carstens here in the Fine Music Radio Studio. Arno, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Rodney, and hello to the listeners. Indeed. It's nice. I'm intrigued to know, by the way, what music you're going to choose, but we'll get to that in a moment. This uh, festival, this concert series, you're on the 1st of March, I see, and what can people expect from you? Because you're quite a draw card, aren't you, may I say? Well, I've been doing it for so long that I'm sure that, you know, after so many years, I think you get quite good at your job so <laughs> i think uh, and with the musicians and with the musicians that yes. that i share the stage with um it makes for quite a, a a wonderful experience musically so um hopefully we'll have a couple of people there to come and enjoy the music with I'm us sure you will do you enjoy playing at festivals like this outdoor festival now for me the setting of a of a venue the 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 fauna and flora and the look of it and everything it kind of contributes it, it it becomes an element of the show, so you get the audience, the musician, and then the setting, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that makes for a wonderful experience for the artists and for the audience as well. So, how now do you choose your artists that play with you in a gig like this? Who who do you choose? Is it a regular group? Yes, I've got my guys, uh, all these young guys from Cape Town. Cape Town is blessed with incredible talent, uh, especially the young jazz guys. You know, if you're a jazz musician, you can play anything. Okay. So I kind of do enjoy jazz guys, uh, the, the the jazz background because they're just fantastical um, musicians. So yeah, I mean my keyboard player Dave Watkins plays keyboard with the one hand and trumpet with the other hand at the same time. So does the drummer plays three different instruments. I mean these guys are and they're super proactive. They're not like us from the nineties. <laughs> we were miserable, and we were lazy. But we had a lot of spunk in a weird way. With these guys, the younger ones are much nicer, and they're it's more interesting proactive. Yeah, you say this. Why were you, <laughs> why were you miserable in the nineties? I think it was Generation X. You know, we came from the the Morrissey and the alternative rock music thing. I think we were just miserable people. <laughs> and what you're saying is that these youngsters now they just yeah. You know, I just find the young people don't drink as much as we used to or party as much as we used to. So they're much more positive. Mm-hmm. 
And so you select from a group, you've got like a pool that you select from judging yeah. by what you're going to play and perform and all that. Well, these musicians, all of them, they also start their own cliques. Like I remember when I lived in the UK, you will have like three drummers because there's so, so much happening that they got to like have a stand in for themselves. So uh-huh. same as South Africa, they have all, all these musicians have got their guys that... Um, so when one person can't make it, they'll get another one. But it's always from the same group. Okay. And what sort of thing will you be singing? Tell us what we can expect. Okay, well, you know, obviously I've got, what, almost 12 albums or 13 albums out. Um, so some songs are really good live. Uh, um, so I'll do those things. And then, this, of course, the, all the singles that people know. And then from that's for my solo career. I'll, and I've done, in my career, I've done one Afrikaans album. So I'll do... Uh, <laughs> Really? Some For some of those reason songs. I thought you'd done more. No, no, I've only done one and I've actually written the new one and I was supposed to start recording it now but we've pushed it out till next year. I started very late with my Afrikaans uh, thing. Uh, but so I'll do some Afrikaans songs, so, so mostly English stuff and then um, some of my older hits and newer um, stuff that I've done last year and now. And then of course Springbok Nuggles songs, um, some of that. And then um, just like my favorite song in the world for instance I'll I'll do that. Are you going to tell us what that is? Well, it's Waterboy's Hole of the Moon. I just always loved the song. So I'll, we'll do that and um who knows because it's a, a more relaxed uh, outdoor event I might throw in another cover version uh-huh. Uh-huh. of a, a mystery artist. So do you I hope this is not a naive question. When you do a gig like this at Baxburg and you've got this pool of musicians that you bring in the, these young guys how do you arrange the music? Is it do you arrange it, or how do you work together to get the sound that you want? Um, well, we have over the years of doing. I do a two-man show, a three-man show, and the full band show. Over the years, we've um, sort of you sort of got to know each other. And yeah, the, the way they you know react. what I like and know yeah. what I don't like, and I make them do. Uh, I send them stuff saying, "Let's get something like that. Let's get something like that." And um, okay, so yeah. And um, this comes from a classical background. Now, how often or how long do you rehearse for something like this concert? Or is it quite spontaneous? We play so much that we're pretty on top of it. So I think one rehearsal will be enough. Oh, just but, more so with the balance. new girls, we don't play that much. We'll do two rehearsals. Okay. Are the Springbok nudes girls still in existence? Yes. We do, like, say, three shows a year. <clears throat> if there's some cool shows, a lot of money or whatever. But uh, this year, we've been working on an album for two years because some of the guys are living in, in America and in the UK. So we had like two weeks to do an album. So and we've been mixing it for a year because uh, we don't have a record company. So whenever we get a time off, then we 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 mix it. Okay. So this year, we're going to put out the album and we're going to try and do two or three or four nice biggish shows. So this year is the year that I'm going to um, pay a lot of attention or more attention on the nude girls. Okay. Just to get us, uh, just to, that it doesn't feel like it's an add-on, you know, yeah, just yeah, for yeah. once, just do it well again. It's good to know that it's still going because it's been going for a long time, hasn't it, the Springboard New Girls? Yes, it, we, we broke up and then I started my, you know, I went solo. Um, I think five years later, we, we, we just all missed the energy and... Miss doing the songs and stuff. So then we got yeah. back together again and we did it again. But, um, you know, over time, we can't fly around the guy from America anymore all over the place. You know, it's just not worth it. Yeah. So now I've got some of my guys who is in my solo band who's um, standing in for the basses and the keyboarders every now and then. 
But um, that happens to most bands. Um, yeah, you hear Smashing Pumpkins that. is just the, most of the members. Uh, some of the members are back now. But, you know, as time goes by, even the Rolling Stones, everybody, you lose a person here and there. Mm-hmm. Now, look, let's have a first piece of music. Arno Carsten is my guest. Don't let it be. Tell me what this is all about. Well, that's a song I brought out just before Christmas last year. And I think, you know, sometimes you write a song and you go, wow. Um, I had it with another universe as well. Is when you write and you just can't believe that you actually wrote that. Because that's <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> and this song kind of, um, although it's quite a rough recording, I wanted to keep it in that, uh, with, with that bit of magic in it. But I really love the lyrics. And I think it speaks to um, where we are today in our country and in the world. And it's got a positive undertone and with beautiful, layered with beautiful um, lyrics. And therefore, I would like to share that with the listener. This one and this one and that one Destroying all that's one A few amongst the many Many amongst the few Some say all's well in Jerusalem Some say we fell of the road again Gentle world lost to the pendulum Swing high Swing low, let the gentle touch return. The same song, but redone in the junkyards in the slum. Feed the thirst that's overwhelming. And maybe, most definitely, the changeling's being born As we speak, it's being torn from the sins of our fathers Some say heaven is in the air that we breathe We contain the spark of the divine when we weep for our brothers and break me or move me over oh, for God's sake just salute to a slither of And rise, just take us from these prison walls that broke us. It's the end of the road, or the beginning of something new. Some say there's hope amongst the worst of us. But I must be blind, my ears hurt for the endless repeats From the dimming sun to the warring winds Search endlessly 
There you heard the voice of my guest, Arno Carstens, a song that, as you heard, he's just written called Don't Let It Be. Arno Carstens is my guest on People of Note this week here on Fine Music Radio, brought to you by Peter Turing Productions, because Arno will be performing on the 1st of March at the Baxberg Picnic Concert Series. Um, Arno, you were saying uh, how you had written this in the ballad. It had a ballad feel. But am I right in saying that you're a bit of a rock and roller? Yes, of course. The Nude Girls comes from a um, very rock and roll. In fact, we were, I, I think the band that was louder than us in the 90s was Batra Nieger. And we used to tour with them because it was a wonderful, um, you know, we'll play, um, say, at 10 at night and they will like, end off the show after us. Just because, and they were industrial electronica. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, it, no, no, no. The 90s, we, where we come from, was, was with the grunge era. And it was extremely heavy, and we didn't care much about lyrics. It was all about the an emotional outburst of and noise. Uh, nonsensical lyrics that sounds cool. <laughs> Just throw in the word dinosaur somewhere in a volcano, then it's it's a hit. <laughs> but you said while we were chatting just now, Arno, that you said rock and roll seems to be out of fashion now in South Africa. Is that true? Well, look, it, it is worldwide not as popular as what it used to be in the 90s, but then again, the world always changes. Mm. Um, at the moment, I think rap is probably the biggest thing in the world. Um, and uh, But, you know, everything changes as well. But the fact is that rock is still very big everywhere except South Africa in a way. South Africa, we're quite hanging on to the American lips. And it's more of a rap thing and um, music with just beats. I think that's where South Africa is at, is at the moment. Um, okay. Is that, um, you make it sound, is that a good thing? Is that not a good it, thing? It, it is a good thing. It is a good thing because for, um, in Afrikaans they say, Yalka klippi for the haiki. And uh, every dog gets his day and yeah. all those things. Yeah. So it is a good thing. But the fact is, um, I think we can be broader. South Africa can be broader in, um, you know, for instance, every two weeks I create a playlist and I put it out on Twitter and everywhere. 
And that is stuff that I get from all over the world. And it's the rock is happening, and there's incredible stuff happening out there, new productions and stuff. But somehow South Africa, is, I find us, we, we quite follow. We, mm-hmm. we follow us. We're not trained. So do you think this will come back? Do you think we'll it become will come a back. rock and roll place again? Yes, it will come back. And it is, I mean, in the Afrikaans genre, Franz van Kook and them are doing so well. And I mean, um, it's massive, the rock scene um, in the Afrikaans thing. But not uh, the English thing. Uh, what so what are some of the rock bands that we should know about that are doing so well at the moment internationally? He said, not knowing. Um, oh, well, uh, Idols is this British band that they do. You see, everything comes back again. And, and we're actually in a punk phase now. But it's not punk as we know it, where we were screaming angry words. Yeah. The world in itself doesn't need angry words. The world is on the edge of collapsing. So now the new punk movement is actually with punk beats, but with quite positive lyrics, okay. which is quite okay. a juxtapositioning yeah, of, you think uh, of the a punk situation. And of the I 60s. love it. You know, it's <laughs> like amazing. It's like, so um, there's such exciting British and Scottish bands out there um, mm-hmm. that is really happening. And in South Africa, I tell you, whenever I go to the rehearsal spaces, it's filled with metal bands and thing as bands and the last year the end of last year we played the neutrals played at uh, mercury up the road and uh the two young supporting bands that was supporting us was fantastic and it was the audience was young and it was they were um, moshing and it's crazy it felt like <laughs> the 90s so there is a undercurrent happening um and uh, which is always cool it's always cool to be in the underground because the underground until the underground becomes the main mainstream then it's uncool again <laughs> yeah. so I, in a way we you know we're quite an exciting phase again in, in yeah. the music but industry. remember earlier Arno, you said that the musicians that you get to play with you they you say they're young they're incredibly th- enthusiastic mm. they jazz so those people aren't going that underground route are they the, no they are are they are they okay. yeah yeah because you know a musician wants to break new boundaries um, want to um, embrace new productions and stuff like that so these especially jazz remember jazz is everything all over the the place so mm-hmm. there's so many avenues um, to go and the and the whole uh, what's happening in the world there's so many uh, amazing things for these artists to uh, indulge themselves into yeah gosh so we can call you a good old rocker in the true sense of the word well um maybe kind not old. Of sticks to you i, I tell <laughs> you i think they, they say well what you listen to in your t- early 20s on from 90 to 21 that's sort of your basis that you're going to listen to kind of for the rest of your life okay you'll always hink back to that a little okay. bit but it also means that you as a performer have to constantly adapt doesn't it to which keep is the fun relevant. part I get depressed sometimes listening to music that I used to listen to when I was younger because I've killed it for myself, you know what I mean? Um, and so I'm very much into also discovering new, um, you know, yes, from, I've always been into new uh, groundbreaking stuff. Okay, okay. Which mm. is important, I think, it's probably why you're so successful because of this ability to adapt and be interested in groundbreaking stuff. Yeah, Do you yeah, agree? Yeah. Yes, you got it. What is our next piece of music? I see we're heading in a rock and roll well, direction now. I think we should go for um, Smashing Pumpkins. This, because this, Smashing Pumpkins history, uh, there's this, a little bit of uh, overlap with the Springbok Nukles and the fact that it's a very successful band from the 90s that broke up, but never um, the lead singer went on with the name. And um, they, he brought out loads of more albums under Smashing Pumpkins, but they're not in the mainstream anymore, although they, they play to packed um, stadiums all over the world. The rock thing isn't the main attention in the media anymore. 
And um, last year they brought out with the original lineup, they brought out an album, and um, the song I'm going to play now, I think, is one of the best songs of the year from last year. So um, it's it kind of just I wanted to you know it's just that thing we we're all still alive, we're all still going, and it's still kicking out there. Um, it's a matter of you just opening your eyes and asking the right questions, and then you'll find where we are. And ears. What is it called? Uh, so it's Smashing Pumpkins. Um, silvery Sometimes. Silvery Sometimes. I still don't know what it's about, but it sounds good. <laughs> Is this going to be heavy rock? Shall I no, hide no, under no. the No, no, no. It's actually, it, it reminds me of their biggest hit, which was that 1965 song or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's listen to the Smashing Pumpkins.
if that's ever been heard on Fine Music Radio before. Smashing Pumpkins, Silvery Sometimes, another choice, the second choice of my guest on People of Note this week, Arno Carstens, award-winning singer-songwriter, and he is performing at the Baxburg Picnic Concert Series on the 1st of March. Arno, you were reacting very well to that song. Is it, it a great so good. Is it a great album? Well, I call it the curse of the album thing. We've all had that experience. Every album's only got three good songs. But then you fall in love with the B-sides once you get into the album and then you understand what's going on in the artist's head. It's almost with the, with the not-so-good songs, he paints the colors of the story. Okay. But okay. Uh, times have changed now these days. I, I think Music is closing down very soon, and I mean, they, CDs don't, is not a thing anymore. So I started last year, uh, I started doing, bringing out a single every three months. So, which is fantastic for the artists, because we get to spend all our time in the studio constantly, and you concentrate more on one song than a whole 10 songs. But I still write 10 songs or 20 songs. Well, which I will then, you know, choose from. Mm-hmm. So last year I put out four songs. Now I'm busy with another two and then another two. And, another, and then eventually I'll package it all together as an album. Okay. But this way you get people to literally listen to. Whenever you put out a song, people do listen to it. Where if you put out an album, they'll listen to the two big singles and then not care much for the other stuff. Yeah, that's true. I suppose it's true, I should say. But then mm-hmm. how do you put it out? Are you talking about online? Yes, everything is, you know, Spotify. Um, you don't go to the shop and buy seven singles. No, the, the, you don't. <laughs> you, you know, that actually, re- musicians can't sell their music anymore. You, yeah. you, you just stream it. So That's what I was looking for, streaming. Yeah. And how do you let it be known that this is out there? Well, on Facebook, Twitter, okay, Instagram, media, you yeah. make a big hoo-ha about one song. Mm-hmm. And then when you put it all together for an album, mm. say, of 10 songs, would that be released commercially? Would you be able to go in and buy it? Or would it then still be on streaming? No, just digital. Um, I think I'll probably print a couple of CDs or maybe do some LPs. But um, we'll see about that. Okay. Gosh, times do change, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, Arno, I want to find out, I mean, you've become a bit of a, a sort of idol in South Africa, cult figure in some ways as well. So I want to know where it all, where does the music come from in you? Do you come from a musical family? Well, I was the youngest of four brothers. So I grew up um, and I was a lot lamiki. So the thing is, you grow up going through all their teenage spurts. <laughs> so I remember growing up and then listening to Van Halen and um, ACDC and Black Sabbath and then the other brother went in the one went to the army and the other then it was the Pish Mode and the New Wave era, Tears for Fears and stuff and then there was a a reggae thing happening and everybody was listening to Bob Marley and from there it was the <laughs> Doors and then I think it's interesting I, history you uh, yes and then when I, yeah. in the 90s when it was our time when I was 19 or 18 years old then it was Pixies and Nirvana and stuff and then Springbok Nude Girls and um, so in that sense and uh, you know I, I was pretty useless in sport and academics so my mum said I must try and play guitar okay. so I did like <laughs> I did drama in Wooster uh, we have a small little drama group and then we also did uh, a lot of choir singing so I've been singing choir my whole life and then I started writing songs in Standard 5 because I thought the radio was so terrible that I thought I could write better songs than what, <laughs> what was playing on radio, influenced by the music my brothers were listening to. Yeah. And we eventually, we also started importing, me and my friends, we imported a lot of music, just because really South African music was so, um, the South African radio was so cr- Yes. 
Arno, this business of writing songs, you write the lyrics and the music, don't you? Where does that come from? Is it just inherent? It's, it's, it's just a necessity of um, you've got a voice, you're making a tune, you're going to hum to it, might as well put a word with it. It's just a natural progression of um, playing around. And does it come to you easily? Like you said, how remember you said the song that you played that was such a beautiful song. I think it was our first song, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. That came to you and you were so impressed by how beautiful it was. Does this happen a lot? Yes. Um, you know, it's a very weird thing. Subconsciously, like sometimes I dream up songs and I quickly wake up and I record it on my phone. But, you know, subconsciously, things stick in your mind. If you go to a shop... And you'll hear a tune far in the distance, you know, walk out and you start humming something. Yes. But it's not correct. It's not a correct a replica of what you just heard. But then suddenly this, there's a song on its own starting to happen there. Okay. okay. So I found that is also a good way of, uh, there's a lot of exercises uh, of, of songwriting. For instance, what you do is you put off the sound on the TV and then you try and write what you think is happening there. Good grief. Do you mean musically? Write what the music is or the words as well? Yeah, and you make up the story, what you think is happening over there. Uh, yeah, this, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. For me, it's like playing Lego. <laughs> you mean composing? Yeah. Composing. And can you just tell me briefly about your very first professional gig? How did you become famous? Well, you know, for us, uh, the insignificant gigs where there's like 30 people, 50 people, sometimes become massive in a historical way for yourself yeah but i don't know i don't know the name springbok nootkels was a big thing uh, remember after mr mandela came out of jail this country was on fire i'm talking about the good fire yeah about yeah. the Madiba magic that's right and everybody wanted to party for once we were part of the world we weren't banned anymore and that's also when i decided i was a big full fan before that uh, but as soon as we were part of the world, I wanted to sing in English because we were not banned anymore and I wanted to be part of the world. And that is why we, um, and I wanted to also do the songs that I grew up with or, or not do, but, you know, replicate the kind of stuff uh, that we were listening to and Sonic Youth, Nirvana, whatever. So that's why we went, uh, the Nootkels were predominantly singing in English. Okay. What's your next piece? Hugh Masakela, I see. Hugh Masakela. You know, he said something before he uh, passed away, and he said, in order to reach your full potential and to reach the bigger audiences, you should, you should go inside. And I think that I've wasted a lot of time in my uh, career trying to please or sound like other people. And um, I just want to reiterate what he said there to all the young listeners out there. Be yourself. That is the quickest way. Your unique voice is what is important. And besides that, this song, I just think, is so relevant what is happening in the world again and what is happening in South Africa. And I love the message of the song. And um, I actually want to cover this um, with a big orchestra because it's such a fantastic song. It's called um, Send Me. Yes. Uh, enjoy it. I want to be there when the people start to turn it around When they triumph over poverty I wanna be there when the people win the battle against AIDS I wanna lend a hand I wanna be there for the alcoholic I wanna be there for the drug addict I wanna be there for the victims of violence and abuse I wanna lend a hand To mommy now, 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 to mommy
Great Hugh Masakele there, and that song called Send Me, another choice of my guest on People of Note this week here on Fine Music Radio, brought to you by Peter Trin Productions. Arno Carstens, you can hear Arno live at the Backspoke Picnic Concert Series on the 1st of March, him and his band. But Arno, talking about you and your band and being on stage, I noticed having read through, you've appeared with many famous groups as a sort of supporting act, haven't you? Yes. It's a lot of a who's who here. Always um, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Okay. That is what a British uh, <laughs> a, a DJ on a radio, I did an interview in England and she said, she, she exactly what you just did. Yeah, now. She yeah. went through it, she went, hmm. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> but still, well, that's, a, that's, the, that's correct. The Rolling Stones, you two, the police. I don't mind being the bridesmaid for them. Well, exactly. No. 
And what is that like? What sort of reaction or interaction do you have when you are working with a big group like this? Do they welcome you and are nice, or do they kind of ignore you as a sort of you know? I find the bridesmaids. The, uh, yeah, I, what I find over the years is the more successful they are, the nicer they are. Oh, that's the old story, isn't it? That's yeah. the old story. So Rolling Stones, incredible. Um, uh, you know, was the nicest was Celine Dion. Oh, she and her late husband. I mean, they're just incredibly nice people. Mm-hmm. They would send us flowers every night. and So I did five nights with her. The funniest guy that I really enjoyed was Charlie and um, from um, Simple Minds. Um, and then also Mijua uh, from Ultravox. Lovely people. Um, Simple Minds and... You know, because they don't really care anymore. They, no, they, they don't need to. They had their time in the sun and they're so loaded. They're, exactly. And then, I'm, you know, of course, I'm very good friends with Mike Rutherford, who's got a house here in Bantu Bay. And I've worked with him a bit on one of his albums and stuff, and we've become very good friends. He helped me a bit on one of my albums. Do you find that these big groups, and I suppose this is a silly question, like the police rulings, these big groups you're talking about, Celine Dion, do they listen to what you're playing and think, oh, that's not bad, or ask you about your music or anything? Um, they do eventually. I mean, you can't, it's so loud that eventually yeah. they can't get away <laughs> from it. I remember after the, the U2 show, we were at the after party. I wasn't there, but Theo was standing, the guitarist was standing there, and Bono came to him and sang, Little, little. So Bono singing one of our songs. I thought, <laughs> wow, that was so cool. I wish I was there. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, you can't get away from it, uh, especially when you tour with them quite a bit. They actually start getting really into your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this business of festival, I mean, you've been, you've been to major festivals, the Isle of Wight Festival, Glastonbury, uh, Hard Rock Calling, Tea in the yeah, Park. These yeah. are big international festivals, aren't they? Yeah, they've been fantastic. I mean, I've done, done a lot of Isle of Wight because I do know the owner of the Isle of Wight Festival, mm-hmm. who's also my agent. And, um, oh, you just see... Uh, such great acts. I mean, I was lucky enough to see Fleetwood Mac the other day, a couple of years back, and um, so many great artists. Uh, it's just always such a privilege. So, Anna, you are basically a guitar player and singer. That's your you play acoustic. Guitar, acoustic guitar. Good. Kind of an <laughs> adequate acoustic player. Okay, and singer? A singer, uh, I'm very blessed with a quite a unique voice. As much as I always wanted to sound like Nick Cave, and I think he tried to sound like... Uh, Frank Sinatra. We never end up so, uh, <laughs> sounding like our heroes, but um, the fact is, um, if you've got an original voice, that so many that is one foot into the door of success, a little bit right there, and you've got to embrace it. Mm-hmm. I can go extremely high and extremely low, and that is my um, that's my superpower. Okay, so and clearly by by your saying that sounds like you enjoy that part most, the vocal stuff um, of your life of your performing. Well, I do get a good, great pleasure in writing beautiful lyrics once that is bestowed upon me, uh, which is not always. Mm-hmm. I wonder why you write beautiful lyrics. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's not an answer As to long that. as I think it's beautiful. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, but that's, I mean, it's, here you are thinking of you as a hard rocker, a rock mm-hmm. and roll artist, and you kind of don't think of beautiful lyrics going with hard rock, and you can hit me if you like with saying that. Yes. Um, well, in the New Girls, we didn't care. When they were in, the, in the 90s, the New Girls, we really didn't care about lyrics. We would just have the chorus, and then we'd fill in everything in, uh, around it. But going solo, um, I, and I do also come from a singer-songwriter before the New Girls, you know, used to write this stuff on acoustic guitar. So um, after the New Girls, I went back to that kind of singer-songwriter and concentrating more on the lyrics than just... Um, a party on a mm-hmm. okay no fair enough fair enough and is your life quite busy because it sounds <coughs> as though it's quite busy yes i wake up i paint 
And um, I want to get to that, so don't say too much yes. about that. Now. Well, I wake up, I paint, <laughs> I get bored of painting, I go right. Well, you normally your back gets sore, or you just have to take a break. So and then I write a bit, and then I paint again, and then I write again, and so that's I'm basically living my school dream. And you live in Cape Town, don't you? You're based in Cape Town. Yes, around the Simon Simonstown area. Okay, so that must be rather beautiful. Where were you Stunning. born? Booster in the wine winelands. Yes. Yeah, it's basically we're in the middle of a volcano. I think we're surrounded by mountains. So, you, and it's almost a very interesting, tough place. <laughs> but I always used to look up to the mountains, and I thought that's where help comes from. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. And um, this, you so you're a real Cape Town. You're a Cape person. Extremely Cape Town. And how often do you travel these days internationally? No, all the time. Internationally, all the time. well, you know what? The rand is so so uh, terribly. Um, uh, it's not doing well. So I didn't, uh, for us, it's just costing us money to go overseas now. So um, last year I didn't go, but maybe this year I'll go again. Mm-hmm. But normally you try and go once a year. And do you have a family, I know? Yes. I've got uh, my wife and my son. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How old is your son? Is he going to be a rocker? Seven. Uh, hopefully not. Um, <laughs> I think he, we are... We're sending him into programming and all stuff like that, you know. But the, the whole world is sending their children to programming. That is true. That is so, true. So uh, maybe you should be a, a space, uh, a space farmer. Oh, that yeah. might also become a farm asteroids. Farm asteroids. Yeah. Oh, farm asteroids. Yeah. I thought we'd made up a new word there. Farm I like asteroid. that. I like your <laughs> farm word. Farm asteroid. He, what do you do? I'm a farm asteroid. Um, I want to talk to you about your painting, but before that, let's have another piece of music. Sharon van Etten, tell me what we're going to listen to. Okay, this is, a, this is just a beautiful song um, about a mother. It's her message to her daughter that she was also once 17. And uh, so watch it. Okay. okay. And you know what? You know what? You just get the vibe. It's one of those songs where it's just, again, the feeling that, uh, and it's almost the same as that Smashing Pumpkin song. It's a nice driving song, but you get a feeling and you kind of, I, I love when songs can bring out an emotion.
I don't know. That was called 17, Sharon van Etten. Mm. Uh, probably also the first time I know that that's been played on fine music Definitely. radio. But we do break rules on people of note. We are strict otherwise uh, to accommodate our vast array of guests, like yourself. It's good to have a rocker in the studio for a oh. change. Can I call you a rocker? You, you can call me whatever you want. Oh, no, well, let's stop at rocker. Okay. <laughs> But, um, Arno, I mentioned about painting, and apparently this is quite important. Oils, acrylic, canvas. Tell me about that, because how many people know that about you? Well, um, I think a lot of people, because I put it all over my Instagram oh, and stuff okay. these days. But, um, look, I think last year I went up a gear. Um, it's just a long journey. You know, I used to call myself an artist in matric um, in my last days of school. I just... Uh, I was constantly in the school and um, I loved it and I wanted to go study fine arts but my parents said no I must study graphic art because there's more money in it um, after the army I didn't want to study anything so I forgot about I, st I, did, I did study a bit of graphic art but it didn't go anywhere then the band started and um, now as the wheel turns now um, I've done one exhibition I'm going to do another exhibition this year but um, now I'm getting back there again. I, I don't think I'm where I'm supposed to be yet, but it's a long journey. But, you know, painting is my hobby. But it's also nice to sell a painting here and there. <laughs> but um, I call it my hobby in a way because I've still got a long way to go until I'm satisfied. What? I don't think you're ever satisfied. Well, that's though. the thing. If you're a true artist, maybe you're not, hey? No. What, is, what sort of thing, what is sort of style do you use? Man, expressionism, but I, I always thought I was serialism, but it's more expressionism, serialism. Um, and, and then the, but at the moment, I just want to create stuff that I enjoy to look at. Mm -hmm. So I don't really care what type of art it is. So. It comes back to what you said earlier about be yourself yeah. and not try and copy someone else. And mm. if people want to see your art, where do they go? Well, there's an honorcarstensfineart.com okay. thing. All right. Or on my Instagram, uh, or Twitter, or Facebook. Okay, so onocarstensfineart.com yeah. is probably the easiest for people yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, have a look yeah. what you do. And then you spoke about driving music and noise and stuff like that. Do you ever listen to any gentle classical music, for example? Yes, I do. <clears throat> I'm not very good with names, but I was thinking I should have brought out my surprise guns. <laughs> Uh, I've got a couple of very interesting stuff. Um, some fabulous opera singers, which is voices that oh, so incredible. voices, yeah, appeal to you. Um, and do you relax? I mean, do you what? It sounds like you're quite busy, although you do paint, yeah, which yeah. has, a, I dare say, a therapeutic side. But do you? Yes. Are you a chef? Do you go running? Man, do you fish. I love um, somehow when I you know painting and music is almost a love-hate relationship because 90% of the time you're finding something that you think is ugly and you're taking away you're taking away eventually until you've got something that's pure and beautiful for yourself so to get away from that almost self-inflicting <laughs> you know situation yes um, I, I just sometimes it's amazing just to go run just go run a bit and mm -hmm. then also clarity comes in and stuff like that so I do enjoy running and also because I live on the beach me and my son 
constantly in the waves. That is lovely. I'm not a surfer, but I scream like a gull when I catch a wave. <laughs> and um, so um, the, easy, the, the, the lighter side of life, yes, you good, know, playing good, good. a bit of cards and um, nice balance. Yeah, nice balance. Oh, no, we've sort of reached the end now. It's been really fascinating <clears throat> talking to you. I, yeah. I think you might be the first South African rocker I've spoken to here on Fine Music Radio Yes, uh, on People of Note. So thanks for guiding me through this interview but now and through the music that you've chosen yeah, yeah, i'm a little bit scared of the last piece francois van Koch, because you were talking about the sort of styles and bits and pieces oh, but this is a funny one okay so this is on uh, on francois new album it's called does Our boys and i kind of like the humor of the song um and i think it's just a nice light-hearted song to go out on um and it's got a great vibe and I thought this was his best song ever, <laughs> but apparently not. I must say, over the years, I've come to realize that what I think is good is not necessarily what everybody thinks is good. So, well, but that is a good thing. That's exactly a good thing. <laughs> Thank you very much, Arno. Thank you very much for having speaking me. To you. Awesome. Arno Carstens, you can see him on the 1st of March at the Baxberg Picnic Concert Series at that beautiful wine estate. Here we go with Francois van Koch and a thing called Daze Boys.
People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions. Peter Turin presents Mel Brooks's hilarious musical comedy, The Producers, a record-breaking winner of 12 Tony Awards, starring Alan Committee, Terence Bridget, Earl Gregory, and a full knockout South African cast. Enjoy such comedy hits as I Want to Be a Producer, When You Got It, Flaunt It, Springtime for Hitler, and many more. Don't miss The Producers, on now until the 28th of March, only at Theatre on the Bay. For a comic start to your year, book now. Mm-hmm. 